0: Good morning, and welcome to Bethany Lutheran here in Warren, Oregon. I have a custom of offering a very light message on the first Sunday after Christmas as we're all easing back into our usual routines. So today I'm going to give you the backstory on some of the Christmas songs, carols, and traditions. For instance, did you know that most of our popular Christmas songs were written by Jews? While not celebrating Christmas themselves, the songwriters quickly realized that there was money to be had in helping others celebrate the Christmas season. So they gave us chestnuts roasting over an open fire, let it snow, Santa baby, it's the most wonderful time of the year, silver bells, white Christmas, Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, rocking around the Christmas tree, a holly jolly Christmas, silver and gold, walking in a winter wonderland. Did you also know as a side note that it's a tradition around New York City for Jews to go out for Chinese food on Christmas? Sounds strange, but think about it. They're not celebrating that holiday, it's not a holiday to them, but they'd like to be able to go out with family where are you going to go? What's open on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? A Chinese restaurant, because at least in the past, they weren't typically Christian, so they would be open. Did you know that Jingle Bells, Let It Snow, Frosty the Snowman, and Sleigh Ride say nothing about Christmas, and yet we consider them Christmas songs? Did you know that when John Wade wrote, O come all ye faithful in 1743, that the second verse came from the Nicene Creed. The highest, most holy, light of light eternal, born of a virgin, immortal, he comes, son of the father now in flesh appearing. The second section of the Nicene Creed is, we believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. In the third stanza, we, the faithful, join our voices with the angels singing glory and excelsis Deo, right from Luke 2, verse 14. Thus, we see heaven and earth unite at the Savior's birth. Did you know that joy to the world in its original form had nothing to do with Christmas? It was not even written to be a song, though Isaac Watts was one of the great hymn writers in church history. In 1719, Watts published a book of poems in which each poem was based on a psalm. Rather than just translate the original Old Testament text, he adjusted them to refer more specifically to the work of Jesus as revealed in the New Testament. One of those poems was an adaptation of Psalm 98. Watts interpreted this psalm as a celebration of Jesus' role as king of both his church and the whole world. The second half of the poem was slightly adapted from the second half of the psalm. Starting at verse four of the psalm, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth burst into jubilant song with music, shout for joy before the Lord, the King, let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people with equity. Did you know that the first Noel had its roots in the 15th century in oral form as an epiphany carol? It mentions the shepherds in the first verse, but mainly focuses on the journey of the Magi. It was first published as a Christmas carol in the early 1800s. Originally, it had a sixth verse. Then let us all with one accord sing praises to our heavenly Lord that hath made heaven and earth of naught, and with his blood mankind has bought. Noel, Noel, born is the King of Israel. Did you know that Silent Night came about because of a flood-damaged organ? Stillen Nacht was first performed on Christmas Eve, 1818, at the Nikolauskirche, the parish church of Oberndorf, a village on the Salzach River in Austria. A young Catholic priest. Father Joseph Moore had written the poem, Still and Noct, two years earlier. On Christmas Eve, 1818, Father Moore brought the poem to Franz Gruber, the schoolmaster and organist, and asked him to compose a melody and guitar accompaniment for that night's mass. Well, it seems that repeated flooding had damaged the church organ which chose the day before Christmas to die. The new hymn played on a guitar was a great success. By 1839, the song was being sung from New York City to England to Prussia. 60 years later, Silent Night had been translated into more than 20 languages. In 1936, Bing Crosby was asked to appear in a short documentary around the holidays to raise money for a Catholic charity group committed to feeding hungry children in China. As part of his work with the charity, Crosby offered to sing a Christmas song and chose Silent Night. Crosby did not plan on cutting a record on the carol because he did not want to make money from religious music. His brother Bob pointed out that Bing could assign all the royalties of the song to the charity group. Little did he know that over 70 years later, his recording would still be generating funds for charity groups, whereas Father Moore and Franz Gruber died penniless. Did you know that the Vikings appear to be the first people to celebrate with an evergreen tree? During their long and brutal winters, when the sun disappeared for months and nights seemed to last forever, the deeply superstitious Vikings found hope and strength in the evergreen tree. It not only survived, but it seemed to thrive in those bleak times. The Vikings would chop down a fir and place it in their homes. They believed it brought the gift of strength to live through the worst stretches of winter. The evergreen became a symbol of life and good fortune in many pagan culture worship practices throughout Europe. In the seventh century, St. Boniface, a monk from England, established Christian churches throughout Europe. He told locals that the fir tree stood for the eternal life offered to them by Christ. He said the triangular shape of the tree represented the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Five centuries later, the story became a legend, and each winter evergreen trees were hung from ceilings as a symbol of Christianity. History does not say why they hung upside down, but that custom continued for another 200 years. During the Dark Ages in the Baltic region, Evergreen trees were cut and placed outside Catholic churches during the month of December. They were called paradise trees and used by the clergy to explain the story of Adam and Eve to children. Apples were hung on the trees. Children playing the parts of Adam and Eve would take a bite of the apple and then be chased from the church property into the cold, cruel world. However, they could repent and be welcomed back into the presence of God. The first Christmas tree was probably in Latvia in 1510. It was a small tree set on a table rather than hung from the ceiling. By the late 1500s, trees were being placed on floors rather than hung from the ceiling. Legend has it that Martin Luther was walking home on a dark, December evening when he was struck by the beauty of starlight coming through the branches of many fir trees in the woods around his house. He was so captivated by it that he duplicated the effect on the tree he had placed in his home. He had candlelight, he tied candle lighters onto the evergreen branches, put candles in the wooden holders, and lit them. The neighbors were so impressed that they added added candles to their own indoor trees. Luther taught his friends and family that the tree represented the everlasting love of God. He pointed out that the evergreen's color did not fade just as the Lord's love would not fade, no matter what the circumstance or trial. The candlelight represented the hope of Christ the hope that Christ brought into the world through his birth and resurrection. The tradition spread like wildfire after Germany's Prince Albert wed England's Queen Victoria in 1841 and introduced the ancient German tradition to London's Windsor Castle. However you celebrate Christmas, whatever Christmas songs you listen to, whatever Christmas hymns you sing, However you choose to decorate your home, whatever Christian traditions you observe, it all goes back to the greatest gift ever given, given the gift of our Savior from God, a Savior called Jesus, Prince of peace, King of kings, Lord of Lords, Emmanuel, the Lamb of God. He is the hope and salvation for all the world for all time. He is truly the reason for the Christmas season. Amen.